beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Talking About It. We're two black, opinionated, unbothered 20-something women, and we're just two best friends here to talk about different things people want to hear about and maybe some of the things you'd even don't care about too much. I'm Alex. And I'm Jasmine. And today we're talking about generations, particularly Gen Z and millennials. But first, how are you doing, Jasmine? I'm good. It's been an interesting week for, for sure. multiple reasons. Because um, law school, or at least my law school, is one quarters rather than semesters. We actually have exams next week. So I'm like, not as much looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to spend some of the weekend, I guess, reading tax law. <laughs> that sounds riveting. It's great. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's income tax. So, you know, I guess I'll know how to do my taxes. Uh, not, don't forget me. Yes, don't, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? How was your week? Um, It was good. It was pretty chill. Some long days of work. Um, But for the most part, pretty, pretty chill. My sister came over for the weekend, so that was nice. You know, and spend some time together, um, hang out, and just like you know, spend countless hours together talking about stuff that that we just wanted. I guess get out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it. You know, just kind of like, oh yeah, like now that we have the time to sit around for hours for each other, we're just gonna talk. Like, like keep pouring out things. Like went from talking about just like dumb stuff, like oh yeah, like this is what I'm doing on Twitter now, to like really serious, like oh yeah, like let's p- unpack like our childhood trauma and all that kind of shit. So. Um, good stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think those are some of the best memories that I have with my sister for, um, sure. for sure I feel you I feel you so I think well I have some happy news um or at least some happy news for our segment um so you know how like every year Jimmy Kimmel does that whole I told my kids I ate all their Halloween candy yeah like challenge or whatever mm-hmm. they call it so it was actually really funny on Monday, I Monday or Tuesday, I guess, I had went back or just got on YouTube and it was like one of the videos that were recommended. And I remember thinking, I don't know if they're going to do it this year because of, you know, 2020s. It's been an intense year. That's like the nicest way to say what kind of year 2020 has been. And so I, you know, I was thoroughly shocked and surprised to see that they did the segment again and I when I watched it like I was right on the money um Jimmy Kimmel wasn't planning on doing it but parents did it to their kids anyway I guess I know right and I I was I'm guessing you know quarantine boredom uh revenge right oh my gosh so thankful that I'm not quarantining with a child right now but it was the most hilarious thing that I've seen in a moment you know some of these kids are so kind they're just like it's okay mommy like give me a hug and other of these kids are like in tears like so mad and it is just the funniest thing that I have seen in a moment (laughs) Yeah, some of them were throwing fits. Uh, my favorite one was the little girl that, like, put the empty bucket over her head and, like, 
definitely just like bawled out crying she's like i just need a moment okay i'm gonna let go of these emotions <laughs> oh, was so upset. one of my favorite ones was um the, the two little boys and one boy got so mad and then the mom put toast on the table the younger child like hops up off the couch and then just starts eating his toast while like his older brother is like having a full-on fit it was honestly you know nothing about a kid having a fit sounds adorable but it was adorable <laughs> what's the say about all the people that like watch those videos and find them hilarious because <laughs> they're just literally just watching like the torture of children and being entertained by it <laughs> it reminds me of um america's funniest home videos honestly true when... sounds like so much more cynical because it's like intentionally distressing your child I mean, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not coming at it because I do find it <laughs> hilarious, but I also like to point out everybody's like, oh, you're kind of cynical and dark for enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> well, call me cynical and dark then. Uh, everybody was... else over to my side. Let's move on to our main topic, which is Gen Z versus millennial. Um, I think this was really more just inspired by somewhat of a identity crisis that me and Jasmine both had in finding out that technically we are Gen Z. Um, well, depending on who's defining it, we're right on the cusp where it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I always thought once I you know, heard the term that I was a millennial um, and I knew like I didn't identify obviously with the entire millennial air quotes like experience. Um, and I feel like usually a lot of times it's kind of like, summed up in that kind of like 90s kid kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing air quotes you guys can't see me Um, but the 90s kid kind of experience Mm -hmm. and I know I was missing some of it obviously you know Um, but I do can definitely feel the difference between me and a kid that was born in like 2000 or 2002 you know basically post 2000 they're like their first phone was like an iPhone and a flat screen my first phone was a flip phone and like we had to like you know click all the buttons to type or text message you know all that good stuff oh yeah finding out I was Gen Z was definitely hard but I've now come to terms with it um but we'll get into our personal feelings about it more but just to kind of like go a little background for anybody that I guess lives under a rock um generations there's really just this arbitrary sense that we like to separate ourselves by of just usually it's kind of about 20 year chunks or so of people that are born within this 20 years and you kind of get labels or like short little kitschy names and they're kind of like summarized um with a couple like few key characteristics yeah like the Pew Research Center which is like I guess the main researcher of generations in America says that, you know, generations are created merely, I guess, to provide like opportunities for us to like look at, you know, people according to their life cycle. So like whether somebody's a young adult, you know, in their middle ages or are a senior, like theoretically, they and the people, you know, within the same age range should theoretically have similar experiences growing up um, and living and I think that there's some you know credibility to it like there's a lot of things out there that's kind of what is it like podunk science Um, but I think there is something to be said about people who are born in the same generation which is why I think we had such a problem especially a few years ago when 
they hadn't really decided definitively where the end of millennials was. And there was definitely a moment where I was considered part of Gen Z, like very firmly in Gen Z. And then, you know, was put back towards the end of millennials. And it was just, it, you know, there's also something to be said about the people who were born in that like five years, like before the end of the generation. And five years after the end of a generation, right? The people who are quote unquote in like a cusp um, because they also have, you know, shared experiences, maybe of both, but like you said, aren't so far ahead, aren't so far into a generation one way or the other that they would have all of the same experiences. Definitely, definitely. So millennials usually defined as people being born somewhere between 1981 to 1996 and then gen z is i think they said the cut was they actually haven't decided it yet actually that's the thing because like things are just changing so much like if i had to guess for certain like i would say probably around um 2000 early 2010s sorry that's usually what i I would say mid 2010s actually because if we're thinking about like 96 being the end of the millennials and we're thinking about like a you know, a 20 year time range that would technically put us at 2016. It's a non-definitive ending line, really. And Uh, I don't think that they're, I mean, if we think about it, right, like a couple years ago, they were defining the end of the millennials. And a couple years ago, we were already in our 20s. So for the people who are, you know, maybe at the end of the quote unquote Gen Z, um, if we're even still calling it that, by the time that we are defining um, the end of that generation, I think that it's going, they are probably going to be in their 20s as well. Like they're they're probably going to be, I guess, 2030s by the time they were like really definitively like looking at the next generation after Gen Z and looking to see like where that time stops. I, know... I can't even think about the 2030s though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know like I've already heard some talk of like what the next generation is going to be called. Of like they're supposed to be the alpha generation which like i feel like it's weird connotations but we can get into that later maybe but i feel like our our main focus is millennial and gen z um i always thought before my whole identity crisis i always thought a millennial was defined as the end was like 1999. i guess it just made sense to me in that sense of like rounding things off and then also i remember being younger and not even thinking it was kind of possible for somebody who should be born in the 2000s because everybody I ever heard <laughs> was 1990 <laughs> something or before so like I don't know I'll let my sister know you so, said that <laughs> I think I'm just like a, I was a stupid kid because I was just like it's not possible I've never heard it nobody can be born in the 2000s <laughs> so I think right. that's another part of that whole big identity crisis as well but honestly like with time I have I have seen I've undertaken and accepted my label as Gen Z and I wouldn't say it's happened with grace but it's happened now I just kind of like push people and be like well I'm kind of like technically on the line you know but it was so funny because like within one week I want to say I had arguments with two official millennials people that their birth years are not questionable whether or not they fall in within millennial like they were born 19 actually they were both born in 1994 surprisingly enough it was with my sister and then another one with my friend it's really interesting though because like that you say like they were born in 1994 because there was a period in time where they were 
also considered Gen Z. Like when they yeah. were trying to decide what like what was the cutoff, the cutoff for a period of time was like 1994. Yeah, and that was um, part of her argument. It's kind of like, I thought I was the end of millennial. So I don't know how you're saying you're the end of millennial. And we were both just like really lost with it. <laughs> I mean, so I think that one thing about me, like I don't think that I can ever say that I am like definitively Gen Z. One, because my birth year technically is the end of (laughs) millennials but also because we have really started identifying this like quote-unquote zennial um who is the cusp right and I think that if I were to ever call myself anything that wasn't a millennial it would definitely be a zennial because like what are these like defining moments right for like a millennial origin z that we would really be thinking about so like for millennials, like the life experiences or like the life events that really shaped that generation were things like 9-11. Millennials also grew up in the shadows of the wars that followed or the conflicts that followed 9-11, which, you know, stretched for, I know for me, most of my childhood, like we were in this conflict with the Middle East. You know, these are the people who were between the like ages of like middle school and young 20s when Barack Obama was first elected, grew up in the wake of the Great Recession or like the 2008 uh, market crash. And it's also really interesting because until Gen Z, like millennials were also the most racially and ethnically diverse like adult generation. I mean, it's sad to say that there isn't very much at this moment that we can use to really define like the life events that Gen Z has. We haven't really seen them <laughs> reach adulthood in order for them to really think about it. But if I had to think of some things, you know, that would really impact them, um, I would think about like their school age life was largely, you know, terrorized by things like school shootings. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. You know, I remember hearing about, you know, shootings on college campuses, not as much, you know, shootings in K through 12 schools, but, yeah. you know, Sandy Hook happened when these children were younger. Parkland happened not too long ago. Um my sister, I think she was in high school. And I know the COVID pandemic will have like a lot of impact on everybody, regardless of, you know, their generation. But I think that just like the Great Recession has really impacted millennials and zennials. Um, The economic crashes that have happened because of the pandemic, and the ways that our social life has really had to change based on the pandemic I think it's going to have a significant impact but the thing that always like and you mentioned it earlier right and we should talk about this a little bit more is like idea that gen z's are quote-unquote digital natives unlike millennials gen z's have like little to no memory about the world before smartphones and like advanced technology yeah i mean i think it makes sense it's a sense of just like relativity of the world you grew up in because i remember talking to a kid only like maybe five years younger than me or so and they were saying instead of calling it the pound sign they're like oh what is that they're, they they said hashtag instead I was like oh yeah it's something oh something, gosh, something yeah. pound and they're like what's pound I was like you know pound and they're like what and they're like no hashtag they're like oh you mean the hashtag sign I'm just like wow the fact that a whole I'd say that's what I, I guess those are things that I kind of always reference back to as a difference of like oh that's not me I'm not Gen Z because I know these things and again like you were saying before it's kind of like that whole 
being in that in-between place and the arbitrary definition of even drawing a line of just one year does not separate these experiences. But the whole digital natives, like you were talking about before, I think is somewhat of a defining feature of Gen Z. But I feel like a lot of times to go very general and make wide statements about a lot of people, it is usually older people I usually hear that from, like my parents' age or above. And it's usually spun in more in a negative light of like, oh, these kids don't do anything without their phones or like, you know, this sense of negative looking at this progression of technology and air quotes dependence on it rather than seeing the effects of how it's advanced really like education and learning that these kids have like, we had like computer rooms where everybody had to go in there and like file in and everybody sat at a big fat computer and all that kind of stuff. But I'd say Gen Z had a thing where you had like those, well, depending on your school and it's abilities and all kind of stuff but I define those a little bit more of like they had those like iPad carts where like you roll in that iPad and like everybody's doing work or research in some sense on that or there's the take home kind of thing of take home laptops or the iPods and shaking those out and bringing them back to the kids being able to bring them back home and kind of this accessibility to just the wide sense of information like there's just so much uh, fluency you have if you can navigate the internet and really know what you're doing. Um, so like I, I do think assigning uh, that label as digital natives is kind of fair to Gen Z, but just like it shouldn't only be looked at as like a negative thing that they just don't know how to experience the world or they don't remember things just because they want to take pictures of things or record concerts or I don't know, whatever. Um, which again, I wouldn't say is only definitive of them. I think a lot of times I've seen if you look around in like a family setting restaurant, you if your family, if there's a family more engaged on phones, it's not only kids. And I've seen it sometimes where kids are sitting there and their parents are on their phone. So there is a sense of everybody being very dependent on technology now. I know I got way off topic, but I would say that like a lot of times these spins or kind of like misrepresentations of the generations are really, really common. And again, to generalize, a lot of times I feel like it comes from older generations coming outside of millennial and Gen Z. And it's kind of like this whole looking down sense on us. And I feel like there's a sense of dismissiveness just because we're younger, but I know that's kind of something that I always thought about too if like there's a lot of misrepresentation or misunderstanding of millennials and Gen Z and it's not like if you've seen those kind of like clickbait articles where like oh uh, companies that millennials have ruined or like the industries that they're killing and whatnot and again like those are misdefining sometimes they're misdefining um, millennial because basically they just take anybody that's not 40 or older as millennial they just then you have these whole things of kind of like oh well like we're killing like the dime industry or the oil industry or like something really stupid like fabric softener and like all this negative kind of news around it and it's just an interesting phenomenon I mean yeah I definitely think that there's a lot of misunderstandings about younger generations like millennials and you know gen z but i don't think it's all negative right like for sure but regardless like there is some truth right for one sure like they have like accessibility assuming that the schools are even equitable to begin with to allow people to have ipads and laptops in the classroom um but what does it mean that a kid doesn't remember vcr or that certain songs mean something different you know, I, I think that it's not necessarily negative that people have little or no memory of the world as it existed before, you know, smartphones and this more advanced technology. But I think that there is something to be said about how rapidly the world changed after 2000. Let's see, I got my first phone 
when I was in the seventh grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a flip phone. My sister is only four years younger than me. By the time that she got a phone, also in like the sixth or seventh grade, it was a smartphone, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like a misrepresentation or a misunderstanding that these kids are digital natives. Like, that's just a truth. Um, but you're right. Like millennials are also on their phone. And that, older generations too. You're right. But I still say there's a like dependence. And I mean, they're kind of working it into their lives just as much. Yeah, I definitely think so. But, you know, I think that a lot of times for people, I mean, anything, right? Like when people are struggling to adapt and to learn and to really think about how something new that they haven't grown up with may interact or interfere with what they knew to be true before all of this stuff, they react in really negative ways, right? Like anybody does that. And I think this is just simply like sometimes like one of those like really negative reactions because there inherently isn't I mean you were saying this like there's inherently nothing wrong with being a digital native in fact there's a lot of benefits to it like going back to like the conversations about misunderstandings and misrepresentations of these generations like when millennials have quote-unquote destroyed industries like these are simply adaptations Mm -hmm. um, to the world around us I myself have not bought napkins for my apartment because one, I have paper towels. What do I need a napkin for? Like, what do I need to go out and buy more paper, which is destroying the planet as it is? Yeah. In order for me to wipe my hands, I have something at home that I can use to wipe my hands. In fact, because it's larger than a napkin, I can use it multiple times. I can tear it into smaller pieces, into smaller squares. We question things more, particularly with Gen Z, because they constantly question everything. And I think what's making people uncomfortable, what they're not adapting to, is the fact that we're really looking at what is it going to look like in 10 years if we don't make some serious changes. Socially, politically, um, Environmentally. Yeah, I was like, climate-wise, environmentally. um, Like, and essentially they're calling us on our shit. Like, they're like, we know that you don't know. And we want you all to stop faking like you do know. Yeah. And I remember people were always say like millennials were the, what was it, the participation trophy generation? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy because I do have participation trophies. That's crazy. Uh, hey, look, uh, three-year-old Jasmine in gymnastics, what were we going to win anyway? A pizza party? I would have taken food over his facial uh, trophies. I think we did get food too. I Honestly, I don't know why they gave us participation trophies. I remember I have conversations with my dad sometimes about the different ways that Gen X and millennials communicate and the, our expectations when we get to the workplace. Yeah. And as somebody who is very quickly entering the workplace, like some of those things are remnants of old times that we don't need to keep. Like parental leave is something that America doesn't have, but millennials expect. Yeah. A work-life balance is something that in the past wasn't like the norm. Prioritized. Like you, yeah. Like you worked when your boss told you to work. 
Yeah. Especially when I think about things like the legal industry. If you're working for a law firm, a partner says jump, you say how high. And don't get me wrong, some of those things still exist. But also there's a stronger emphasis on mental health on being able to find that balance where I'm not answering a call at 1am because the partner's calling me trying to get me to get something done. Yeah. And that's not a negative expectation, (laughs) like that I should be able to work, make money and theoretically enjoy my money by doing things that I like to do. Yeah. I had a similar conversation. Well, somewhat similar conversation with my dad actually too, or like For whatever reason, we were just recounting his work history and all the jobs he'd had. And I was kind of really trying to point out to him like the negative effect and drain that these jobs had put him through. Like, I'm not trying to criticize his choices because obviously he made those choices because he wanted the job and he needed the money to provide for his family. Like, I got you. Like, I follow you. But also, I'm not saying I wasn't trying to make those comments or critiques in a sense of like, oh, I'm trying to change the past. You can't change the past. But it was really just kind of be like, hey, will you look up and see like this was a negative input into your life instead of just being like, that's just how it is. I feel like I hear that a lot with some disagreements I have with, I'll say specifically like my parents or family, you know, of older generations of just this accept how things are. It is what it is. And that's just it. You have to grow through it and suffer through it. And I like use the word, I remember specifically, I used the word, well, that's, I was like, that's, I was like, nobody wants to work in a toxic environment and have that constant influence of toxicity in your life. That's negatively affects your health mentally, physically, and it's going to take you down. Like they're draining you, but it's not, it's not equal payout. You know, they're essentially to sound dramatic, like draining kind of the life force out of you a bit. I still don't know really the effects that like stress, constant states of stress has on the body physically and mentally like it's insane but when I use the word toxicity he was just like oh yeah you like would never hear that like that just sounds so like he didn't say frilly but basically he was trying to say like that just sounds too like care about me I'm like yeah but it should be an exchange this is you giving your time and effort supporting this program company whatever you want to say like you're giving yourself into it so you should also be in some way compensated and thanked and not like demanded to basically hand over your life for it but anyways it was an interesting conversation but like you were saying younger generations millennial and gen z have a higher priority maybe in um pro mental health uh, parental leave environmental effects and really looking at making more radical decisions for improving climate change and not just letting the world explode in the next x amount of years and actually believing mm-hmm. that <laughs> Um, global warming is a thing and all that stuff so I feel like Gen Z and millennials are taking on this responsibility almost for trying to improve the state of being for a lot of people basically for your underserved or if you're non if you're not basically if you're not a white cis male then we're trying to fight for your kind of like place since the world is being run and formulated for them but basically I definitely agree with what you were saying of as much as there are differences between Gen Z and millennial there's a lot of commonality and while it's unfair to some degree expect Gen Z to have to bear the weight of actually improving um, the state of things I know specifically like thinking about like climate change and Greta Thunberg of how one time when she went to talk she literally called everybody out there like how dare you put this like on me and my generation that like I'm I'm a kid I should literally be in school right now and instead I came halfway across the world to talk to you about literally just accepting all of this evidence in front of you that global warming isn't pressing issue and like really really important that's just one example to say that it is amazing how strong and like courageous I'd say like Gen Z is not in the sense of patting myself on the back it's like I'm not plumping myself in with this kind of thing 
but just how strong and courageous that generation really can be and how much they really are trying to like fight and how much they're dealing with this very just impending doom like constant negative state of the world and having to just grow up with that and just constantly process it so while it is amazing what they're doing it is also somewhat unfair like how much weight is kind of being placed on their shoulders and being like well you're the future like you have to turn this all around and make it better yeah i think about that too sometimes um generally like we are borrowing the world from yeah. our descendants mm-hmm. um i was a girl scout so you leave the world a better place than you found it and i think it means different things for different people and i think for the younger generations including millennials that means constantly challenging the status quo and Part of me wonders if we're going to remember this when we get older, because there is this repetitive cycle that, you know, the younger generation gets picked on by the older generation. But when the older generation was the younger generation, they were also picked on by the older generation. And I think at some point we also have to just stop the cycle and realize like the world will change and we have to adapt. Some of these things are arbitrary and some of these things are true right and that thinking about do we fall more in the millennial or the gen z or the cusp you know the quote-unquote different groups yeah i see what you mean i do still find it fun to like take the buzzfeed quiz and be like are you more on the gen z side or the millennial side like sometimes it's fun to just have those kind of lighthearted things of oh i like this label and i kind of appreciate the things that come with it well y'all thank you for listening uh we picked this topic thinking it was gonna be (laughs) a light one not to say we got super heavy um but yeah i hope you enjoyed the episode uh if you want to respond to us at all you know where do you fall think about it where you fall millennial gen z um do you think you're more of a cusp person or a bit um having a similar identity crisis of being stuck between the two uh let us know either way we're super glad you tuned in this week before you log off don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast and we'd really love to hear from you guys like we said whether about this topic or anything else um you'd like us to cover or want to talk about so please follow us or message us on instagram at talkin.bout.it or email us at talkin'bout.it.podcast at gmail.com. And again, all those links will be are on our page too, because that's a lot of words. Um so yeah, much love y'all. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.